God Almighty, this is the Sweat Equity Podcast, coming to you from Cigar City Studios in the Toco Works office. I'm your host, I'm your host, Law Smith, uh, rolling solo again. I don't know if Caleb's coming back ever. He's like a lost puppy, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. He's getting married. Uh, he's probably, you know, going through a lot of life stuff that I don't know about, but uh, this was a fun time to talk to my other friend, Beth Miller, a very good friend of mine. She lives out in L.A., and she is one of those people that has she has a myriad of talents and uh, actually has been doing some work for us on the side for our company, Toco Works, tocoworks.com, solving how. Um, so we get into it a lot about PR, mostly. Uh, she's, she's been a model. She's done on-air hosting for like uh, man on the street kind of shows or, or sketches or, uh, you know, internet YouTube shows, I guess. That sounds like I'm a dad already talking about it. She's been the host of uh, our college football podcast, The Triple Option, coming back in August. And, um, you know, got one of those people that does a lot of stuff and a very good friend of mine that has a lot of hustle, which is what this show is really about, is trying to grind – trying to get things going, uh, and hopefully you're listening to get a little inspired or just know a little bit more about other areas of other businesses that you just, it's not, it's not something you'd look up normally. So we try to make it fun. Hit her up on Twitter at BethTalksSports.com and let's get into it with my good friend, Beth Miller. Anything fun? Anything? <laughs> um, I was down at Comic Con this past week. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, you, you told me about that. I'm sure you at Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that like? Was that like them like finding out about Justice League's like new trailer? Were they like, oh my god, a girl? So I was doing. Uh, no, there's some there's some hot action walking around there. I was doing. Oh, really? <laughs> well, not like the talent, not, I mean, anyway, the, uh, I was doing, uh, or still am doing PR for, uh, experiential marketing agency. So they were doing five, five activations there for Fox FX and TBS. So I just went down there to be on site for the day, help with social media, get some photos, you know, if there was any media on site, make introductions, that kind of thing. And now I'm just kind of doing some follow-up pitching and just trying to position them in terms of, you know, being at the forefront of this industry. And I think they were doing the most activations at Comic-Con. And I mean, one, just in terms of walking around, like seemed to be the most popular, it was the biggest, the best, the whatever. Um, so just trying to get them some coverage. I mean, obviously the activations got coverage because it's Fox and FX and all that, but more on the kind of marketing digital agency side what's 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 activation necessarily i mean yeah it's a it's a broad term for i mean you know they're doing some sort of event stunt whatever you want to call it um and i mean for instance like son of zorn it was like 
it's actually looks like it's going to be a really funny TV show. And I don't watch TV, but for Fox, um, it's kind of a hybrid, real like real and animation. Um, anyway, so they had this like rock climb, and then they had this free fall where you like jumped, and I forget how many feet. It looked, it didn't look that intimidating until you were up there. Um, and then, of course, you know, you got your photo and you share it to social and all that. They were doing one for a Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you would go in and you, they're doing like the redo of that show. Um, and you would get your lips painted and then stand in front of their step and repeat. Of course, there's always a social element. Snickers was create your own comic book cover. So you put on costumes and you'd have, anyway. So, like, it could be a range of things, but stuff so like, like that. So, like the promotion, like the. What I don't know, kitschy kind of promotion, I guess. A live, live promo or a live stunt, yeah. What so so that kind of dovetails and kind of something I wanted to. We were talking about a while back, a couple of weeks ago, but it's like the term, like, all right, so like the term promotion isn't used anymore as much, and it's now activation, and then like PR now isn't really what PR was probably 10 years ago like or 15 uh, definitely it's 15 not even years. what it was two years ago and I mean, so like what is like pr used well, the way i think of pr is, is almost like my default term is always the 90s like <laughs> uh, but, yeah press release you have a publicist uh yeah, which, which pr people if you're not in entertainment pr people despise that term like publicist so, is pretty much like an entertainment term and it's stuck and people are fine with it there and the rest of the PR world. Mm -mm. <laughs> so don't ever. Talk. Yeah. That's like y'all's N word uh, as publicist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't uh, know why. For entertainment, it's totally fine, but like anywhere else, it's like you cringe when you hear that. Yeah. But I mean, like, I get that's one of those things where, like, I don't think. It doesn't matter. I, I kind of know this world and I don't know. I probably would have to have like a chart, like a doctor's office chart. <laughs> like like of, PR buzzwords? Yeah, well, like, because it, and it's kind of like what our company is doing is like the stuff overlaps so much that people think, you know, branding and marketing can't be kind of separate things or your website isn't your marketing stuff. And it's like, no, all these things are related, your design, your strategy, all that shit. That's why we have this service categories we do. But like PR is interesting because it it's literally changing so quickly that, you know, social the way I explain social media management to, to people is like it's a your tiny PR firm. Like don't get a twenty one year old to run your social media account because they're gonna unless you're like uh a popsicle place, a hipster popsicle place that just opened down the street. I'm now going to go because I just reminded myself. But, uh, but like, that's fine if you have that. But if you're like a financial advisor or something uh, and you're trying to push out like good content or procuring other content, don't use a 21-year-old that doesn't know shit about the financial system, the financial world. Well, it's fine to um, use the 21-year-old to, you know, schedule and Hootsuite, um, mm -hmm. or it's fine if that 21-year-old happens and, you know, to be a whiz at that, but I think that's 
not typically the case. I mean, look, any of it is, I feel like everything's a subset of marketing. You know, PR's a, a function of marketing, you know, website, branding, social, all of that. Um, the crazy part, I think, now is when clients or prospective clients come to me to, you know, an, an agency I'm working with, you, you can't just rely on the traditional stuff and even social isn't enough. There has to be this like almost influencer campaign and like full out digital strategy. And so where you might have put a lot of the emphasis on, you know, whether it's if, if it's a sporting event I'm doing or something like that, where, you know, we're like, we're trying to get the TV stations out, we're trying to get the local papers, et cetera. There has to be this whole other plan around digital and social media and, you know, just kind of everything else in terms of, you know, creating a buzz. And I hate to use that word, but, um, <laughs> and they, but they look to you for that. And it's crazy because there are true, just digital and social media companies out there that do this. But when they come to you as a PR agency now, it's just like, well, no, this is everything. So you better know how to do it or you better know how to outsource or you better hire somebody very quickly that knows what they're doing. Um, and it's tough. And it's also tough because clients are looking to you to do it for the same budget five years ago as it is now. And it's like, well, but in a sense, while it's made it tough, it's also, I think, alleviated a little of um, the stress of like, you know, you're doing, let's say, again, let, I work a lot in sports. Let's say it's a sporting event and it's happening that Saturday. And let's say, you know, whether it rains or some, you know, whatever, <laughs> bad example example like terrorist or you know something but it's like <laughs> there's so many variables that can interrupt that and the amount of times as a PR person that you're calling around to the news station or whatever that morning and they're like sorry there was a shooting on the freeway like we're not gonna make it to your volleyball tournament and it's like okay so like what what else like what's your plan aside from just that traditional media coverage and I think as everybody's seen, it's also just your own personal content development. So while it's great to, you know, have people retweeting or, you know, doing things like that, it's like you have to put out your own article about the event, your own interviews with the athletes and things like that, and then have a plan, a distribution plan for that. You can't rely on the media to come and do, excuse me, do the interviews or, you know, share it on their social or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Like you have, you have to be your own. Like no matter how big or small you mm -hmm. are, you have to be your own, like content pusher, and your and then act as your own PR person. A lot of the time, you know, a lot of people that do listen to this are either they're either you know small business owners, uh, entrepreneurs that have a couple businesses, or the majority of the people that listen to this are the people that are stuck in the office job and trying to get out of that. And like kind of the big thing is like, no, you don't have to be a jack of all trades necessarily, but I think you need to know enough about each aspect of, of business uh, to kind of, even if you stay within a company, you just want to hop to another one and have like more of a, a set career, like old school style career. Like, you still need to know how all the parts play. And if no one's going to tell you in, in a particular company, you need to figure it out yourself somehow. Is that, yeah, I mean, I don't it, know if it that, all, that's not really a question. But. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but I was just kind of getting, well, I was getting kind of in my, my head about that. Like when I, when I lived out in LA, uh, 
and we were uh, having college football Saturdays when I was out there. You were coming over with all all the gals, uh, yeah. <laughs> all, all the ladies that I went on y'all's ladies trip to Sundance once. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I have long hair, so I can get by. Plus, someone needed to be the muscle around there. And, and uh, you were also the one that brought the, was it cake or cotton candy vodka? So... I no, this was O two, I think, and yeah, this is when the cake and uh, cake vodka, cotton candy vodka. Who knew that this what? would be such a bigger market now? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. There's every kind of flavor of vodka now. You don't even need to. You don't even need to mix it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> you can probably see my bar from right here, and it's just whiskeys. Rock. Is it? I, it's there's something no. on Google Hangout. There's actually, Rocky. there's actually a super trendy one that's not mine. Somebody brought it to a birthday party. Fireball. <laughs> yeah, I use that as like a a go to on stage, like <laughs> like uh, when people are getting too. Or podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I know I've I've got some Florida Cane vodka in the office. We try to do a little Mad Men esque uh, meetings in here. Sometimes people need to relax a little bit. Uh, I try to have clients in here after five a lot of the time because if we're doing strategy, uh, because they can't, they need to be able to kind of shut off their brain a little bit to be able to kind of think openly and not have like, I had someone in here today for a couple hours and it was like, I'm trying to go over a bunch of stuff, but every six and a half minutes they're looking at their phone to answer an email or text and it's like okay so next time we meet we'll do this we'll do this like when you got maybe a friday afternoon even something when it's not too stressful during the day i'm sure you get that a lot uh if you're doing pr for people that I feel no, like I mean, you PR have to and marketing gets pushed, you know, it's last on everybody's list. It's last on everybody's budget. If, you know, I mean, look, everybody has to get the core work done or admin or, you know, whatever it is, HR stuff. And it's like, yeah, I didn't get around to reviewing, you know, whatever, the press release, the article, the this or that. Um, so, no, I definitely get that. And, you know, it's crazy when whatever, you know, for whatever reason, if it's the economy, whatever it is, I mean, it's truly the first thing to knock off of somebody's budget. It's like, nope, you know, look, yeah, I know you got to pay your staff. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I think a lot of marketing and PR people get frustrated in terms of like building, but, you know, it, PR and marketing traditionally does not happen overnight. Um, in terms of, you know, that success and visibility, it does take some time and it's very frustrating to get, you know, three months into something and have some good progress and a good foundation. And then whatever happens, you know, economy, something, you know, they lose one of their biggest clients or something like that. And it's like, all right, we're killing the marketing budget. And I know it's, it's tough to swallow, but it's actually, you know, in my opinion, the thing that should stick around or some happy medium of it. Yeah, it's tough when you tell people like, hey, no, you always need this, um, which is always why I kind of, I if I go like kind of, we go in it with a client, you know, we're, we're real intense with someone that like, I'm going to ask about the other side. I'm going to ask about like operations and stuff like that. And like, you know, we, we can get paid to do that part uh, for clients, but 
you know, until we do more, more and more of that and have that as like a real arm. Uh, right now I just go like, what are your operations like? And like, are you pleased with your HR part? And cause that your human capital part is going to be, that's the one that's super expensive and never really looked at. And then like, so I talk about like internally marketing, like how do we get people to really internal branding too? Like, how do you, how do you get people to kind of want, want to talk about work and where they work instead of like, well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, no, it's funny because, um, and I, I probably said this to you before, but you know, in terms of working with somebody and doing their PR, like PR comes down here, but it's like, first I'm, you know, anybody that works in PR jokes that PR comes last and it's like all this other like laundry list of stuff. But it just reminded me because you're saying like, I want to know about your operations. I want to know about the people working for you. And like, what are they interested in? I, I used to work with a lot of professional services firms, mainly law firms, and you know there were some attorneys that would rather give their you know left arm than go give a speaking engagement um, if they wanted to write an article. But anyway, so you go in, you're sitting down with each of these people, and it's it's finding out you know what are they actually going to contribute that is going to make them shine and going to make your company shine because if you're forcing this kind of stuff on people, it's going to, you know, work against you. So, I mean, it's definitely, I think the same thing, like you go in and you kind of learn everything about their business A to Z um, and then just kind of work that into, you know, marketing and PR. Yeah. I always ask, and I try to ask this to independent contractors and, and like, uh, and our clients, it's like, what do you like to do? Like, what area do you like? You know, you can do this. You can be an attorney, but are you, I mean, I've been working with a bunch of a law firms. So it's like, they usually just break down attorneys into finders, minders, and grinders, which is like business development, person in the office doing all the paperwork and the person closing out in the court. Right. Uh, and I guess it's kind of a consulting kind of um, philosophy too. But like, my thing is like, what do you, what part of that do you like to do? Because let's plan, let's plan to what's your threshold to bring in someone to handle. If you're a one man show, uh, what's your threshold of revenue to bring in so you can bring in someone to do, you know, more of the, the minding part, uh, or bring in a, a, a younger attorney to do some of the business development side. And so like, I always go like, what do you like the best? And let's, let's try to figure out how to automate or do something to help that other part that you hate. You know, I like do, I like doing the grinding stuff cause I'm on grinder all the time. No, uh, I like doing, I like doing the strategy sessions and I like doing the, the brand creation stuff and I'm proficient with, uh, online advertising, but it's not, my favorite build out the strategy for that's my fun, but actually sitting down and doing it. And that that's kind of how I think about it with us. Um, but I want to go back to <clears throat> kind of like uh, what you're talking about. You didn't say this outright, but the value proposition of like having PR um, because you're basically explaining like all the things it takes to, to do PR, which is like, you gotta be on call. Cause you're going to be crisis control, which is kind of something you don't think about. And I, I'll 
I'll tell you what I tell everybody is like, I use what the attorney says. I say like, yeah, you don't pay an attorney like 500 an hour or whatever, 300 an hour, whatever your attorney rate is. You don't pay them for that rate of the hours actually worked. The, you're paying for the knowledge that they know what's going on, which is tough in your position, my position, because until uh, we get more um, more testimonials and more more client like success stories, we can't rely on like, oh, I went to this law school and I worked at this firm, thus my price point should be up here. Uh, so how do you do a value? How do you prove value to anybody? I mean, like, I look, I, there's no real right answer because it's kind of like, um, what does one hand clapping sound like? No, it's like, uh, it's like, I don't know. It's that thing of like, um, I almost, I always feel like I'm like having to prove that what what you're doing, and then I'm like, oh, I'm already in a weird, I'm already in a bad position. If I'm having to do this, yeah. you know, three months in with someone. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it it is hard. I mean, I think PR people still struggle with it. Um, I can say that, you know, setting up a system from the start so that the client knows, you know, setting up a work plan or a weekly call or, you know, whatever it is so that they know consistently what you're working on and what you're doing. Um, and I think it also kind of teaches them over time if they've never worked with a PR person. And we get that all the time. It's either they haven't and they don't really understand how it works or they have and they had a bad experience. And I always joke like, you know, can you give me the name of that firm because I'd love to go and work there and just turn out a bunch of press releases <laughs> that don't do anything and you give me like, you know, XK a month, like, great because I work, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but, but I think there is a lot to be said for having, um, you know, good communication with the client and, you know, even if it's, you know, you don't get that story that month, they can see the progress or the conversations you're having with a reporter. Um, and again, I think it teaches them like, look, you don't just pick up the phone one time and pitch and you get your yes or no. Like, that pretty much never happens. Um, and, you know, yeah, you have relationships with reporters, and that's the other, like, first thing everybody asks is, like, well, what are your media relationships? You know what? We have good me media relationships, but guess what? Everybody's changing jobs these days. Um, nobody's that, like, tenured New York Times reporter. I mean, there's a handful, but it's, like, oh, no, I write for the Times, I write for this, I write for that. Like, nobody has their at New York Times, you know, email address anymore. It's whatever, Gmail, because they're writing for 20 different websites and that kind of thing. So, yeah, there's some key people you need to know. But at the same time, it's like that's, that's also part of PR and what you're paying for is for us to continue to build those relationships and, you know, keep them in front of them. Anyway, but going back to what you said, I mean, it's all of that. It's as long as I think they can see the um, – you know, progress or just the communication and your outreach, I think they get it. Um, and, you know, we've had some clients that like, look, everybody wants that big New York Times, Wall Street Journal story, but, and it may happen, but it may happen a year out. It may not happen three months out, but it's also, you know, building um, some of the smaller stories and getting that foundation going. Cause it's also like, if you started from nothing, 
probably not going to get that New York Times story overnight. So, but again, you know, if they see kind of your process for everything and it's like, okay, this is how it goes. And within that, and, and this is why I hate to do just the traditional PR in terms of, you know, just the major national stories, because I think it does need to be a mix. And it's also kind of helpful to us and the client to have, you know, other things going out. It's not just that one story because at the end of the day, like, if your prospective client didn't pick up the New York Times that day, like, well, then what was the value in that? Like, let's say you did land that big story. What was the value in that? Are you, you know, putting it up on your website? Are you putting it on social media? Are you doing an email blast with it? Are you using it as lead behind it your next, next talk? Um, but then, you know what? Like, that story kind of goes like that. So what's next? So it's, it's a mix, and it's a consistent mix. Um, and just keeping them in the loop on that. And I think... I don't know, just as long as they can see like progress and you're not just focused on one thing and they can see that you're trying to, you know, build content and visibility from a range of things, then, I, you know, usually nobody can say at the end of the day, like, you didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you're also doing the thing where you're trying to teach them how to be, if they're doing a lot of uh, public speeches and like, um, uh, a lot of like, you know, kind of corporate meetings or whatever it is where they have to publicly speak, you're kind of like prepping them <laughs> like, all right, you need to say this, don't say this. Um, and like, this is the direction that speech probably needs to go in. What do you got? And I'm sure that you get like, oh yeah, I, I got it. I'll just wing it. And like, no, nah, you're oh, not, no, a, you're not a winging it kind of guy, like, or gal. It's the, it's the um, it's one of the first things I try and sit down and do with any client. I mean, whether you're a startup or you've been in business 10 years, it's hard to talk about yourself and it's hard to, um, I guess, get what other people are hearing when you're telling your, you know, elevator speech or whatever. Um, it's, it's, so I will sit down with them and say like, let's message your story and let's come up with like whatever, you know, however many bullet points it takes to tell that in a live interview or, you know, if it's a phone interview where you have time to, you know, just talk at length. Um, and yeah, it's crazy because it's like, this isn't, this doesn't really say what you do or this doesn't, or it just sounds like everybody else. Um, so it's a lot of that too. I mean, it's, you know, communications. Uh, well, honestly, a lot of people have never heard themselves talk like in their head. They're t and this happens a lot with like, I, in the stand-up world, I think a lot of the time in the like open micer kind of area, like people in their head on the way there have a joke or they have something that they're like, oh yeah, this is going to be, I mean, you've seen me bomb 80 times, I'm sure, but like, uh, you're like, oh, this is going to go well in my head, I know, until you really realize what your voice is, like in public, it's a lot different than what's in your head. Like, uh, the way where your eyes are, the way you're like, the way you're gesturing. I got to remember to smile when I, I wrote it, I write it on my joke book, like remember it's to smile. Cause, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause it looks like I'm, I'm not having a good time. Cause I have what my wife calls resting bitch face. Uh, and like, I just, I guess my normal disposition when I'm thinking is I look like I'm pissed and I'm not, I'm just like, um, I've got furrowed eyebrows and a, a huge head. So I guess that makes it look like the angry emoji. 
Yeah. No, it's crazy. If you actually sit down and record yourself, it, you realize a lot of things. I did some on-camera stuff, and I used to do some hosting, you know, class workshops, and I'm very handsy. And so, but now I'm probably like too because I realized it that like the more I keep talking, I'm like, ah, da, 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 you know, and it looks terrible when somebody's watching you, but you don't realize it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's everything, whether it's you know speech delivery or all the gestures. Um, but again, just like, are you getting your points across? Like you can look super polished, but if your message does isn't on point, then you know, who cares and people are bored or vice versa. If you're super messaged, but you're, you know, look, you look sloppy and all of that. So, I mean, again, going back to the whole, like what falls under PR, I'm sitting there, you know, giving them like a bullet point of, Hey, don't wear patterns. Hey, you know, make sure you do this or I don't know, just stuff about how they appear. And they're like, oh, thanks. I didn't think about that. Is that PR? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. yeah, I think so. I think that's like arguably because you're what, what I would contend is like you're making sure they don't have any negative PR at the same time. Like you're you can get them the part, but like you got to you got to get a little coached up. So we know, and it's not like it's you trying to control them. It's like, no, 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 I want what's best for you because it, it does behoove me as the PR person for you to do the best you can to, so this relationship keeps going, you know, in a better way. Yeah, and it's funny because going back to kind of the, you know, value of PR, um, that would be kind of the pushback from a lot of attorneys or whomever. They would say, you know, well, can I, I, we didn't get any new clients in that quarter. Well, let's look at what we created for you and set you up for success. We're not sitting down with that prospective client. We're not in that, you know, speech. We're not in that whatever. Like, you still have to be the closer. Like, this is still your profession. So, right. you know, it was just funny, though, because, like, once you would frame it that way in a very, you know, PC sort of way, but it was like, well, look, we did all of this. We got you that speaking engagement. We developed your speech. We messaged you. We made sure you look polished, et cetera, et cetera. If you're still boring or not engaging, like we can't, you know, or you didn't do what we said in terms of leaving business cards behind or going up to people or, you know, working with us to do the follow-up, we can only do so much. <laughs> or, or uh, especially for attorneys, um, you know, I don't know how California is, uh, but Florida, like for a lot of attorneys, I don't think they can contact their leads. It has to have them have attorney people. advertising and all. I mean, they can, but well, I don't. That's it's different state California. to state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but California, I would imagine, is way more strict than Florida. Just generally, that's how it rolls. Uh, with laws and I, I'm going to assume the associations are too far behind, but yeah, like, I, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure it's changed since I've done it, but you know, it was stuff like, like you could still mail stuff out. And I mean, you have your, you know, contact list and you know, you just had to put like attorney advertising on it or something like that. Um, I mean, you weren't, obviously you weren't supposed to do like cold calling per se, but you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure with a lot of like personal injury and, <laughs> Terms like that, there's some ways around it. Well, I mean, oh yeah, oh for sure. And if you dominate the market, uh, 
like one firm in Florida, you can uh, you can lobby the rules the way you want. Um, but <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh, if anybody's in Florida, they'll know exactly who I'm talking about. So uh, I just looked at paper clicks for personal injury in the area, and it's at like sixty-eight bucks a click or something crazy like that. Um, yep. But and so what was I going to ask you? Now, now my mind's going in 80 different directions. Oh, well, with the, uh, yeah, what you try to explain is like, okay, well, you know, and I don't know if you do this as much with coming in as PR, let's say, and I, you do more than PR. I mean, you, the reason I, I like trying to give you work if I can, I haven't given you the best stuff, um, but you are good. I tell everybody like, you need to talk to Beth because she. She's in PR. She's going to get this copy out of you the way you want it to be said. Like a lot of people, <clears throat> like they don't have their own bio or what they're about or what their business is about, like their business plan, just the basics. What's your mission? What's your vision? What's your, what are your core values? And they're like, what? I'm trying to, I'm trying to open this popsicle place. Like, what do you mean? It's like, well, no. I'm big on that. Obstacles. Uh, I'm hot in Florida right now. Oh my god! It's it. This is so miserable that I I think I'm gonna officially do my power casual movement pretty soon, which is gonna be uh, I'm only wearing linen pants from now on. That's gonna be my. I'm gonna call that power casual. Those are the gym shorts. I'm guessing you have on. <laughs> no, no. I've got, I got. I changed out of this because I gotta go. I'm fat and I gotta go work out, but. Uh, um, no, I, you go linen pants in Florida because fuck it. I mean, like you can't, you can't wear shorts and look and look, like there's no one in shorts that really looks like they're like got their business together. You know, like I can't, I already, I'm already at a, you were talking about like looking slovenly and having a message. Well, what if you, uh, what if you have neither? Um, but like I'll walk into a room and I, I know I look like Spicoli's son. And so, like, I know that's going to be an uphill battle of sorts, but I think it, it does kind of help the way I, I'll kind of weave in between professional and business. But, like, with Florida being 96 and then human as shit, uh, like, I think I can work the power casual angle, which is you go nice shoes – but you go linen pants because you need it breezy. I run hot, and then I don't. I don't know about a top. I got nothing. But I'm not wearing a tie. That's not. That's kind of half no. the reason I'm doing. No, but I, I. think these days it's and especially in the industries we're in. I think um, you know. I mean, maybe depending. When I worked with attorneys, if I was going to meetings, for the most part, I would be in a suit. That was more just the CEO's personal opinion. But you know. I think blouse slacks, but I mean, otherwise I'm, I'm pretty casual, but you know, obviously sports industry is super cash and all that. But I think being more in the creative industry, they kind of almost expect you to show a little, little flair. Well, who you are. Yeah. We were like, uh, my wife's like, you need some like nice dress shirts. And I'm like, um, I'll wear the same gray American apparel shirt every day. If we just buy 20 of them. Cause I don't really want to, I don't really want to think about it. Uh, and then I'm reading all these studies that pop up and it's like, guess what Mark Zuckerberg's closet looks like? And it's like, yeah, cause he, it's the same. It's the Nick Saban thing. Like 
he eats the same lunch every day because you don't want to have to think about it. And none of us, we don't care about that certain part of our life. I, I don't care about food either for the most part. Like I'll just eat just to popsicles? eat. Popsicles, that's, you know, that's a sometimes food uh, that, you know, need to go run in this Florida sun and then have a popsicle. Um, wow, this has gone by fast. All right. Anything, anything you want to address? Anything you want to talk about? <laughs> Are you it on How, me? I don't know. Should yeah. I scroll back through our texts of everything we... Well, I don't. Is, I feel like all I did was complain. Like, what's what's the good part of PR? <laughs> well, no. I mean, that's a good that's a good thing. But I think for people that don't know the PR world, that's. I mean, it doesn't. It's not bad to vent. This is a safe space, as the college kids <laughs> call it. But I'm saying, like, it's that thing of like. I think this is a way for people to passively listen while doing something else. But they're getting a glimpse into that world that you're in. You're you're mostly sports PR. Right or, yeah. I try to be. <laughs> well, I, that's another thing. I don't really want to pigeonhole you because, um, because like, you can do a, a lot of different things, kind of like I can. Like, a lot of people will look at you if whatever they think you were the first time, that's kind of what you are in their head a lot of the time. So, like, I have a problem around Tampa. Everybody thinks I'm doing stand up. Uh, which I need some PR help uh, to get away from that a little bit. I need to have that message out there that I'm doing both at the same time, and right. one one helps the other really. For you, you've done a, you've done you've done a lot of hosting gigs. You've modeled, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've uh, done. Everybody well, watching is like, no, that was my first impression. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're just like, what? Where does she live? Where is that? <laughs> what? LA. Uh, not in LA too. Yeah, as it, you're not near the fires or any of that. I have no idea. No, I'm right at the beach. Okay, and uh, for our really crazy listeners, where? What beach? Uh, <laughs> address? No. Uh, what right. say? Yeah, speaking speaking of upping your uh, wardrobe, like I pretty much sit around and like you know I'm like the stereotypical LA girl, like yoga or apparel, or if I can, I'm out at the beach working. Isn't that what the future is supposed to be? Like, I wear Nike Pro Combat uh, gear all day because it's the most comfortable thing. I'm wearing it right now. And, like, I would, I'll wear this if I could wear anything ever because it's like, yeah, this, feel, this feels good. It doesn't feel like I'm wearing anything. Um, and I don't know. I feel like that's all the futuristic movies. They all had, like, really cool, shiny, shiny shit to wear. And then now it's like, Oh no! You need this uh, really hot wool suit to wear everywhere. Oh, no, like, I well, I don't know. It's different in LA because I mean, it's just a different world. So I'm probably like, I don't know, skewed on my vision of the rest of the country now. I mean, I know when I go back to Ohio, I'm like, oh wow, you guys are still still doing the suits and like long skirts and stuff, huh? Hmm. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I said. I'll wear a skirt. I mean, wait, no, hold on. Uh, no, I was saying like I, my dad wear, has worn a suit as an attorney for like 30 years and it's July and I can't, I don't understand how he walks from like two buildings away and my ass would just soak all the whole back. It looked like I'd sat in a puddle. Like that's how bad I sweat. 
and that and that's to me that's what I don't get either because it's like you know you're miserable on that you know you're sweating and you know what like I bet you're gonna be a better attorney in something that makes you comfortable now I'm not saying like walk around in like board shorts and a tank but like happy medium I say the same thing to my dad he's an in insurance and you know casual Fridays are still like the button-down no tie and like you know khakis and I'm like okay I mean but otherwise it's suit and tie and yeah okay well, and I know he's miserable <laughs> yeah well when I used to work in the mutual fund company Dimensional in LA like I, I had a boss uh, Jeff Cornell that was like why the fuck am I why am I wearing a suit every day I just I, I'm in my office most of the time just seeing everybody else that works here it's like he was like, it didn't used to be this way like 15 years ago. Like, why are we doing this now? So uh, it's, it's kind of silly, but I do think about like, in that way we were talking about public speaking, I do think about how I am carrying myself with future people will hire and how like, you know, I can't be as slovenly maybe uh, as far as what I'm wearing or, or, attitude when I walk in kind of stuff. I guess I'm thinking about that more in the, the dad perspective now um, as kids sponge everything. Um, but. Well, but I think it's too, you know, sometimes, um, you know, certain clients or prospective clients. And I think like, you know what, if they're, if they're going to like judge or kind of like, eh, I don't know. I liked her because of A, B and C, but like, Oh, she wasn't in a suit or something like that. Like, is that the type of person I want to work with? They'll never say it outright like that. No one will ever say anything like that. But you will, like, it, it'll, it'll add into the negative column and what they're already, in where we're, both you and I are coming from, in a lot of ways, is like an audition a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, we're already coming in at, like, all right, we have to prove ourselves a little bit more than someone else might. Uh, an accountant let's say that they're trying to hire all right so you know it's that thing of like it toes the line it's something to be kind of aware of i guess but um you know i just before we got off this uh podcast <laughs> I, wanted you, I wanted you yeah i wanted you to tell everybody how awesome i've been at coordinating <laughs> all the projects i've given you and all the apps to make you so productive i mean we got slack we've got a zindu uh we've got evernote harvest what else are we working with now i got it on the board over here uh proposify i haven't even gotten you in there i actually use i think two of the <laughs> five pipe, pipe drive i'm using now as our crm yeah pipe drive yeah okay my nickname in prison CR yeah. crm I, I mean i get it but it's an aggressive name well, I well, I literally spent my Saturday night doing accounting, and then what do we use? I was project? writing website copy for one of your, one of our clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and you've done a great job with everybody. The the thing that's another thing. I, oh, that's what I wanted to bring up too is like your ability to follow up is really good, and a lot of people don't have that. And I was trying to explain this to someone uh, sometime in the last week. I was like, uh, like to me a third of business is following up like i feel like that's a lot and it, it not in the client to uh agency perspective but also like in your office uh 
or like trying to be a salesperson or like a follow-ups like that's very underrated aspect of business and you are very good at it because i'll get emails from you at like my time it'll be 8 30 <laughs> and i'm like well, all right you got up at 5 30 what the hell like and you're answering emails i need like a good 15 minutes before i'm going to do any of that at least well again pr pr is like 85% of your job is follow-up because of course reaching out to media etc but I mean you know you are bugging clients too because they put marketing and PR last on the list but I would seriously say it's 85% and whenever I was hiring for somebody you know it's hard it's hard to say like well are you good at follow-up yeah okay you know but you kind of got a sense in terms of I don't know how they would follow up with you from the interview I mean you didn't want them to go overboard but like at least semi-persistent about it but I mean no it's huge because I you know especially if you're running your own business and you're managing people the last thing I want to do is have to turn around and be like where is that what's the status of that as a senior level person you should never have to yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it happens but. but I feel like the the CEOs are the best kind of uh, entrepreneurs I know are awesome about that and it's not like it's not something they they have to strive to do like i had to like figure out how to coach myself to get good at that almost artificially uh when i was at that said mutual fund job mutual fund uh company that it was like oh okay i was 21 i was like oh i got it like that's that's a lot of a lot of everything basically no matter where you are in the company um and i feel like the best entrepreneurs I know, I'll, you'll see emails coming in because they're constantly thinking about like that next thing. Uh, I think that's a little maddening for me, uh, but I don't know. You're you're very good at that and diligent about following up. And I feel like being reliable in that area is is something that you know maybe when we have all these apps synced up and integrated, you can actually show the data of when you contact which is kind of half the reason I'm trying to use these things. So I can always go back and go, here's actually specifically <laughs> how much we follow up and here's the schedule and here's the progress of this project. Um, almost maybe that's more of the attorney in me. That's like, you know, always be able to back up, you know, don't have stats on like, no, I followed up here, here, and here. I didn't get anything from you or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I guess the last thing I want to ask you is what project management app are we using? We're using <laughs> Trello, we're using, uh, Asana, or we're using, uh, Rink, I think is how you say it. I, I don't know. Asana. Yeah. Why? That's what I've been using. And then I asked you if Slack, or I was saying, well, you know, Slack integrates with that. I mean, look, the less extra apps, <laughs> the better for me. Well, and I think, I think one of the reasons I struggle using those is, you know, not to sound, I pat myself on the back, but it's because I do what I need to do and like I stay on top of my stuff. So for me to get like a reminder from somebody else, it's kind of like, yeah, no, I know. I already have that on my checklist. Like I don't need your, you know, extra whatever, but I get it. I get it. Especially if you're running a company and you want to like quick shop of what everybody's working on and you know what's outstanding and all of that it's very good 
Yeah, and ideally, I'd like to be able to walk into any meeting and go, here are the things we've already done, you know, and here are the things that are upcoming. And uh, here I can see who they're delegated to. So it's a lot of, like, troubleshooting in the client service side a lot of the time. But it's also, like, I want to see, like, kind of in the respect of, um, you know, a big mistake people – and this is another – part of that value proposition is a big mistake people do, uh, make in marketing is they think they're marketing because they're doing a lot of promotion and advertising. And then they never look back to see what worked and what didn't. They just have a gut. Uh, I think you need that gut instinct on where to go a lot of the time. But I think a lot of people go, all right, we're going to, a lot of small businesses don't go like, we should look back at the last three months or six months if they're doing their own stuff all the time. And then really kind of figure out, was that idea a win or a loss or just needs a little work? You know, like. It's tough because you're like just moving on to the next thing. You're like, okay, we got that out the door, like on to the next thing. It's tough. Yeah, and I want to take all the projects we do in the future. And ideally, like your your interface will only have to be through a couple of these things uh, and not the 17 I use. Like. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be involved in QuickBooks or uh, you don't need I to be. I know QuickBooks, though. used to do. Yeah. I'll do under my PR title <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's something weird. I think all resumes should just be the icons of shit of the mm-hmm. apps and software you've had to learn. Um, but, like, my thing is, like, I'm trying to connect about 17 to make it super productive. But the reason I can't – I have to do it this way is because – what we're doing doesn't really exist in a, in a way that uh, and I hate to use the attorney way, but there's the law firms that have uh, like uh, Clio, I think like an all in one thing. It's a project manager. It's a CRM. It's a calendar. It's everything. Um, there's nothing really exists because we're trying to write really a new book over here. Like how to go about kind of business consulting, mostly on the digital side. And so, like, that's why I'm driving myself crazy, and that's why I spent Saturday night uh, uh, in my office doing accounting first, and then doing uh, reconciling, uh, fun stuff. And then, but, but it is crazy. I mean, I think I think why you're saying, oh, I have 17 different apps, and I'm saying, well, what about this one? Or I think I like this one the best. Because it's crazy to me when you start using one and you quickly find out, like, why doesn't it have this feature? How did they miss that? Like, and I get right. it. It's tough to, you know, everything under one roof. But, like, and I don't have a good example off the top of my head. But it's just, I don't know. Even Asana, like, I like it. But there are certain things I'm like, why Why would it do it that way? Um, I used to use Basecamp. Not to not Basecamp, but, you know, there were some drawbacks to that. So we, you know, moved to Asana. And, but they're still on. Um, even tying it back into PR, like um, doing media tracking. It's crazy to me. There's not like a one-stop shop that does TV, print, radio, social. Like there's just like not one good one. Like some of them do something very well, but there's like, oh, well, we don't do social. And it's like, okay, well, weird to me. So yeah. Start that company and go for it. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, you you know the plan for this company is to have uh, a bunch of entrepreneurs under one one roof uh, in their own different field. So 
Who knows? Maybe PR consultant. Who knows? Uh, well, you're already doing all the research. You should start that that productivity app or whatever. Now you well, know, you should find that one. Well, I told you about Zapier and I IFTTT, which is I figured out it stands for if this then that, which basically it's they're two software apps that connect apps. So ideally, like the way you. I'm trying to think about the way we receive messages uh, and stuff that we can automate because we have so many things we have to uh, be on top of. Between Zapier and, and uh, IFTTT and Flow XO, there's a way to kind of make a, a flow chart to make your life easier. Right now, what I didn't do and what I should have done probably the holiday season, you know, Christmas, uh, New Year's when it's slow for our, I don't know if it's slow for you, but it, I was I in Mexico writing website copy for a jewelry company. Remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were, they were, they were a fun client. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that thing of like, okay, there's a way to connect all this stuff. I just didn't, I should have done it. I should have been doing this eight months ago. Right. So, and now the pressure of a kid's really uh, peaking. I feel like we lost people when you said flowchart like five minutes ago. Dude, in, info, I'm <laughs> infographicing everything. So expect an infographic flowchart. <laughs> Boom. So if anybody needs a good infographic site, PictoChart is the tits. It's awesome. I'm making all our content through there. Oh, well, education. Why, why is a website important? Why is it PR important? Why is this important? Why does it cost this much? I really want to have this educational material out. I'm getting all fired up. I can see my neck veins like, yeah. Um, but anything you want to plug Twitter? Uh, at, at Beth talks sports. Beth talks talks. Talks. Okay. Plural. Sports. Plural. So two S's back to back. Yep. All right. Just throwing it out there. Try to go out fanatically. Uh, you, yeah. It, just a disclaimer. I really like Florida State. <laughs> so, well, I'm on that if you check me out, though. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. I know you didn't really want to. So. <laughs> we close it out. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jeter. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Bye.